Every business says that employees, their people, are their greatest asset. And they truly are. Human capital is one of the few things in your business that can appreciate over time instead of depreciate the way buildings and equipment does. But you know from your own experience that businesses don't always treat employees like an appreciable asset. What do employees need to hear you say and ask that can make the difference? Today's guest has the answer. She's a respected and trusted business advisor, an Ivy League business expert, best-selling author, and no-nonsense lawyer. She's Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Whether you're an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur working for someone else, I want to give you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Because no one likes getting blindsided by what you don't know but somehow should or getting stuck paying for it later. Think of it as a mini MBA and school of hard knocks wrapped in one and on steroids. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner, brought to you by Business MO LLC. Matter of fact, this morning, as I was checking my LinkedIn, I noticed that one of my connections posted some very interesting survey results. The title caught my eye because it seemed to tie in with today's topic about communications. The title was, communication issues that prevent effective leadership. It was from a Harris poll that was published actually by the Harvard Business Review. And wouldn't you know it, the number one communication issue that prevents effective leadership is not recognizing employee achievements. Clearly that's one type of lack of appreciation. And another top communication issue that prevents effective leadership is not having time to meet with employees, not communicating at all. And that's exactly why I'm so excited about today's topic, about conversations your employees want to have with you, and my special guest, Ms. Julie Winkle Giuliani. She'll help us discover how to not only have those conversations our employees are dying to have, but also share some powerful career development and talent management tips, the kind of advice that will not only make you a more effective leader, but also help with career development and the true appreciation of your company's human capital. But before we dive in, I'd like to tell you about why Julie is eminently qualified to give us this kind of advice. She is the co-author of the best-selling book, Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go, Career Conversations Employee Wants to Have. I love that title. She's also the founder of Design Arounds, where she helps clients improve their productivity and results by developing customized learning programs for their employees. Julie brings more than two decades of professional experience to her work, having previously led the product development effort at Achieve Global, the world's largest training provider, where she led the creation and launch of products that are used by tens of thousands of organizations worldwide. Her impressive industry awards and recognition includes Human Resource Executive Magazine's top 10 training products, Global HR Excellence, and many, many more. She's also a sought-after speaker. She's spoken at TEDx in Pasadena, the conference board, and other high-profile events, as well as being included in Inc. Magazine's list of top 100 leadership speakers. Wow. It is such an honor and privilege to have her here today. Welcome to Business Confidential, Julie. Thank you so much, Hannah. I've been looking forward to this. 
Me too, me too. You know, there are so many statistics about the value of career development out there, and yet employees still seem to report that it's not being done or done well. Why do you think that is? You know, it is, it is interesting. There is so much data about the value of career development. I love the way you talked about our employees being appreciable assets. And career development does a tremendous amount in terms of the engagement, the motivation, being able to attract and retain talent and drive bottom line results. And yet, as I work with organizations across the U.S. and, frankly, around the globe, the number one complaint, really, that employees have is that they're not getting the kind of career attention that they want. When I, I go in, frequently clients will think I've got ESP because I can predict what the bottom-most elements of any kind of an employee survey might be. And there's no clairvoyance operating at all. I mean, it's just constantly career development. Folks feel like they're not getting the attention they need, the moves they want aren't available. Um, they don't see their future in their employer's future. And it's a, it's a very dangerous position for an organization to be in. And so as my co-author and I looked at writing this book, one of the first things that we said was, well, if there's a business case for it, you know, if, if it really does move the needle, and we know it does from the research, and if people want it, there's a human case for it, then why isn't it happening? And we talked to hundreds of managers across the U.S. and abroad. And um, number one, what we heard was time. Managers feel like they don't have time to do it. Well, that's interesting because, you know, when everybody says they don't have time, you know, like in my field, for example, we don't have time for the legal stuff. Okay, well, then you're going to have to have time to defend yourself when it goes south. You know, there's, there's yeah. always, you know, the repercussions, you know, the consequences of not making time because all of these things, the types of training that you do, the type of training that I do, they're all investments in the sustainability and growth of a business Yeah. as opposed yeah. to just an sense. And if people think about it that way, it'll make a whole lot more sense and their business will be a lot stronger for it. Now, you mentioned your book and the research you and your co-author did. Tell me more about your book. Uh, the title, it, it still fascinates me, Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go. Yeah, what and it prompted you to, to write that book? What inspired it? Well, as we work with organizations, it's so clear that this is a pressing need. It, since employees want it, it helps the organization. It's really one of those top priorities that many businesses are looking to to help drive the kinds of results that they're looking for. And so as we, we looked at the problem, the bottom line is if we're not helping to develop and grow folks in the roles that they're in and within the organizations that they're in, then they're going to go. And they go in one of two ways. They either literally resign and leave, and you've got an open FTE to fill um, and, and knowledge that needs to be recouped and whatnot. But the other thing that's probably more dangerous than loss of talent is loss of their um, emotional connection with the organization. So we get people who aren't growing and they choose not to actually leave the organization but to stick around and kind of retire on the job. And that has huge negative implications for not only the, the motivation and the engagement of those particular employees, 
but for everyone who's around them, who's looking at someone who's sub-optimized, who's not tapping that discretionary effort, who's not passionate about the work that they're doing. Um, so it has the potential to have pretty um, far-reaching implications in terms of the overall employee population. That's fascinating because you see all of these articles and surveys about employee engagement being such a hot topic and at an all-time low. And I think it's very interesting the way you've characterized it as employees retiring on the job. They stay, their performance is, is satisfactory, but it doesn't include that extra element of discretion because it's probably been squashed. Yep, yep, no, that's exactly what it is. Over the last three years, there's been 100 independent studies and different organizations, different populations, and in each case, one of the top three drivers that they have uh, identified as driving engagement, employee engagement, one of the top three drivers across all those 100 uh, surveys and studies is career development. So we know career development activates that engagement, which, and what's important about engagement, Hannah, I think that we want to make clear is that engagement for engagement's sake doesn't mean much. What engagement buys us in, within an organization is the ability to tap into, as you said, that discretionary effort, that extra time, creativity, thought, attention, whatever it might be. Because the, the research would suggest in the U.S., the average employee thinks they can bring 70% of what they're capable of doing to the job, and that's enough to keep the job. And I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, 70% was a C minus, and that certainly wasn't acceptable. Right, right. But, you know, career development's been around for decades, Julie. What's new about the approach that you've taken in your book? Well, we had to start with the fact that managers feel like they don't have time to do it. We had to confront that head on. And you really can't argue with managers. I mean, we have a a generation of managers, leaders, supervisors who are more time-starved than ever before. The demands on this particular group are extraordinary. Um, and so we had to start with the reality that time is in extraordinarily short supply for leaders. And we cast what career development could look like given that reality. We also have really kind of shed some of the artifacts of career development. And so what I mean by that is in so many organizations today, even if we were doing our research, folks would say, well, what do you mean I'm not doing career development? And of course I am. I just did the form. I just completed the checklist. I just submitted the, the talent review document. I've done my career development. End of discussion, literally. And so what we realized is that in many organizations, well-meaning human resources professionals have systematized and processized career development to the point where folks who go through the process or fill out the paperwork feel like, okay, well, I've done it for the year. Thank you very much. Let me get back to my real work, and I'll see you next year this time. And so what we wanted to introduce was a way to think about career development that was more organic, more in the moment, that could be embedded in the conversations that you're already having, and that is conversation-based, so that it's not an extra to-do that managers won't get around to, but rather part of the natural cadence 
of interacting with employees. Well, let's explore the conversation piece some more. You know, let's let's say I'm a small business owner and I know there's something that needs to be done in terms of career development for my people. I haven't paid as much attention to it as I should have. All right, I'll give you that. And now I want to do something. How do I start to have those conversations when I haven't had them before? Well, the thing about the approach that we're advocating is that it's much easier than most managers or employees would think. And the way you start is with a question. So what we did was to create a very simple conversational model. Basically say there are three kinds of questions or three kinds of conversations you might engage in with your employees. And they, the three categories are hindsight, foresight and insight. And so hindsight conversations, hindsight questions are all about helping the employee look backward and inward at who they are, where they've been, what they've done, what they're good at, what they're interested in, what their values might be, um, what they really have passion and energy around. And those kinds of conversations start with simple questions. And it was interesting, when we were interviewing for the book, we asked lots of people to tell us about the last best conversation, career conversation they had with their bosses. And one young man got so excited and started talking about how his boss just couldn't get enough about who he was and what he could do and what he wanted to do in the organization. His eyes lit up, and it was his, his enthusiasm and engagement was so great. And so I asked, well, when did that happen? And he said, oh, well, that would be a couple of years ago during my employment interview. Oh, wow. Said, you know, I know. And, and it's so true. When we're interviewing people, before we even bring them into the family, we can't get enough of who they are, what their strengths are, what they, how they want to activate those strengths. But once we hire them, it, again, literally, end of discussion, those conversations stop. And so hindsight is all about pulling out a couple of those questions to say, you know, what kind of work really excites you? In the past, what have you done that you just loved more than anything else? You know, what about our work is interesting to you? Simple questions like that asked with the spirit of curiosity, you'd be amazed at what you can achieve in a, even a two or three minute conversation. And you do those conversations over time, you know, once a week over the course of a year, you've logged as much time as you would have pulling folks off the job to have that formal conversation. But because it's ongoing, because it's layered, because it's happening in the workflow, it takes on a very different dynamic and, frankly, it's much more doable to have that three-minute conversation once a week than two hours once a year. Right, right. So are there any new or different approaches to the conversation that would help managers and employees get the most from them? Well, I should have probably finished my, uh, my model because the, the new or different approach is that we don't just leave it at hindsight. That hindsight is all of that classic career development information, that baseline information we have about employees. But what's different here is we also need to talk to them about what we refer to as foresight. And so if hindsight is looking inward and backward, foresight is looking outward and forward, looking at what are the needs of the business. What's going on in our industry? What are our competitors doing? How are demographics changing? Environmental needs, sustainability, 
government regulations, the economy, all of that bigger surround within which our careers operate. And we need to start talking to employees about this stuff. I mean, they're not children. But we talk to them when we help them understand this bigger picture. Not only do they develop more business acumen, they can be better business partners just in terms of the day-to-day -day work that they do, but they have a context for the environment within which their careers need to operate. You know, when I was a kid, I would go to Ohio every week or every other summer with my family, and my grandparents worked in a department store. And one summer when I was five, they let me spend time with the elevator operator. And a lot of our listeners probably won't even know what I'm talking about, but in the olden days, Elevators didn't run themselves with the push of the button. There were employees in there who raised and lowered the elevator, and I learned at age five how to do this, and I just loved running the elevator. And I decided when I was five, I was going to be an elevator operator when I grew up. Good news is I changed my aspirations because there's not a lot of calling for that. But same thing needs to happen with our employees. They need to understand what's possible out there. Because then their expectations around career development are going to be framed within that reality. And so that foresight, that looking out around the corner, where is this organization going? What are we doing? Helps them to do that. And then where those two converge, what I'm loving, what I'm good at, what I want to do, and what are the needs of the business, that's insight and a space that we can mine for possibilities and opportunities. Makes a lot of sense, but let me ask you this, Julie. I'm going to be devil's advocate here. What do you say to those employers who are afraid of training their employees because they will pick up and go work for their competitors? Yeah, you know, we heard that a lot from the managers that we interviewed. And frequently folks would say, you know, I, I can't afford to train them and lose them, have them walk down the hallway to a competing department or down the highway. The truth is employees have career development on their minds. And so if you're not training them, if you're not talking to them about it, the only thing that's more dangerous than talking to them about it is not talking to them about it. The other thing that I would say is, and we see this time and again, when we engage people, when we train them, when we help them build skills and abilities, when we help them contribute at greater levels, their commitment to the organization expands. Again, during our research, we asked lots of employees, when you have a career conversation with your boss, what's the number one thing that you want to get out of it? Number one response across the board was creative ways to use my skills and talents. People yearn to take what they do and what they do well and take it to another level. And so when, as employers, we create an environment that allows for that through career development, we're actually going to build retention. People are going to be inclined to stay longer. Now, everybody, no, absolutely not. You're going to lose some people and some people that you, you know, probably really needed who are well-skilled. But the truth is, you as a manager, your organization as an employer will get the reputation of being developers of talent. And pretty soon individuals, organizations become magnets of talent. So you start to attract the best and brightest who you fill up even more quickly. So it becomes a bit of an upward rather than a downward spiral for those who are willing to make that kind of uh, career development commitment.
sort of a leap of faith. You know, I've, I've seen stories recently that talks about the millennial generation, which is becoming a more and more significant force in terms of managerial significance as they climb the corporate ladder. And that career development is very high on their list, more so than it ever was with the boomers. The boomers we probably had it, just didn't want to talk about it because it wasn't politically correct. But the millennials are more vocal. Yep, absolutely, they are. And so we need to figure out a way to keep them engaged and growing and learning. I did a workshop last week of employees and asked them, what does career success look like to you? And I've got to tell you, not one of them said job hopping or a promotion or any of those things that as managers we're frequently afraid of and, and kind of our reason for pulling back and not engaging in career development. What I heard from these people is I want enjoyment. I want satisfaction. I want to feel pride in the work that I do, really contribute to something meaningful. I want to have a sense of purpose when I come here every day. So what employees are looking for are the very things that career development can enable. Makes a lot of sense, definitely. The thing is, though, it's also going to require the managers and the supervisors to be secure enough in their own position, because you just touched on it, that some of them fear the employee is going to get some training or additional skills and then demand a promotion, maybe the promotion for their job. And so they're trying to just cover their own behind, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, the business landscape is so different today than it, it was in the past. Our default thinking, when we think about career development, is the ladder. You know, it's all about climbing the corporate ladder. But given the de-layering, the right-sizing, the outsourcing, all those things that organizations have experienced, given that boomers are not only living longer, but have the audacity to occupy seats on the org chart longer, um, given the fluid way that organizations operate today and the way that jobs are, are really created around customers and around the work that needs to be done, that old co career ladder no longer is valid, to be honest. And so what we as leaders and organizations need to be able to do is reconceive what career development looks like without it being that upward trajectory, promotion-oriented. And so in our book, we introduced the metaphor of the climbing wall, that today it's not about the ladder, but a climbing wall that's much more organic, that can be much more customized to your needs, where there are more opportunities laterally um, to move maybe across or down or around rather than necessarily up. And what's really significant, Hannah, is that we start talking about the fact that you don't have to move to a new seat to have development. You don't need to be promoted to a new role, have a new business card, or any of that, that we can develop in role in the current job that we've got really powerfully if we're intentional about our learning, about our development assignments, and about our growth. Given that the organizational structures are getting leaner and people are doing more with less, and as you say, time starved, what, what would career development look like? Is it this climbing wall that you've described? Well, that's the, the structural model of it or the, the imagery that we should hold in our heads. But what it really would look like are casual conversations embedded into the workflow over time 
that allow both the manager and the employee to deepen their understanding about that person and what really excites them, where their interests lie. So that over time, we can build opportunities and possibilities for that person to continue to grow in role as appropriate. And then, you know, when, as, and if there are other, you know, promotions, moves, that kind of thing, then they're just that much better able to, uh, to make that move and be successful. But what career development really looks like is conversation, and not necessarily the separate formal conversations, but rather the casual ones where, for instance, you know, when a, an employee comes up and shares with you a success, that the customer really liked something that they did, or a coworker complimented them on something they contributed to, to a team meeting. As a manager, you're likely going to have a quick conversation. You know, it'll be a great job good work, keep that up, whatever it might be. But if you really want to develop people, you can take that moment that you're already spending, and rather than just making it a pat on the back, say, you know, what about that particular task really excited you and made you go above and beyond? That small question and a couple of sentences that you'll get in response is career development. You're both getting clearer on what part of the work is interesting here. You know, what did motivate me to go a little bit further? And you've also, in the process, demonstrated care, concern, attention to the employee. That goes a long way toward their willingness to, to advocate for the organization, tap that div uh, discretionary effort, be engaged, and, and serve the cause. That's interesting. That, that ties in with the... Uh, communication mistakes that interfere with effective leadership. That survey that, that Harvard Business Review had published that I found on LinkedIn this morning, actually. And that's, you know, the other thing that struck me as you were describing this is for that communication to really work requires trust between the supervisor, the organization, and the employee. Yeah. Because otherwise, someone's not going to be forthcoming about, you know, what really gets me jazzed because if you know what I'm happy about and I don't trust your motives, why should I tell you? Because you're going to give me the opposite. Yep, yep. That's a, a really insightful comment. You're right. When I work with managers who want to undertake this, but it's thing for them, you know, I always encourage them to start easy. Don't start with the hard, you know, dusty questions like what makes your life worth living? But rather the easy stuff, like, well, what are you enjoying about your job right now? What about your last job was most uh, enjoyable? What's really interesting to you about this new direction that we're taking as a, an organization? And you keep it casual and conversational like that, and then you can build over time to the more significant things once the, the trust is in place. It also takes, you know, in addition to trust, it also takes just building a habit for managers. None of what we've been talking about here is hard. You know, it, it's not difficult to do. It's just a matter of building some habits to engage in these quick conversations. And so that's the other piece of it, too, is from a manager's standpoint, if you can get into the habit of doing this routinely, you know, even if it's a matter of picking one question a day and just starting to ask everybody and making it part of a, a ritual um, that you're engaged in it at work, over time, folks see that, oh, this isn't a flavor of the month. You know, he or she is really interested in learning more about me. Having those conversations. So that's something a manager could do tomorrow or even later this afternoon. Yes, indeed. Very good. But let me, let me throw this out. 
you know, there are these organizations that already have uh, individual development planning processes in place. Yeah. What would you say to them? I mean, should they just push those aside? Well, what's wrong or what's incomplete compared to the process that you're advocating for here? Thank you so much to bring that uh, for bringing that up. That's a really important point. So these processes have been developed to ensure that employees get their their time and their consideration um, at least once during the course of the year. But they're also important to the organization from a manpower planning, a succession planning standpoint. So I don't mean to um, suggest that we just want to catapult those out of the organizational landscape. But what's happened over time is those have become career development. They're synonymous with career development. And when I observe folks having conversations, those career development conversations at IDP time, I see everybody huddled over the form. You know, it's all about the form, as opposed to about the conversation. So what I would recommend if your organization has an IDP process, use it, but use the documentation as an opportunity to document, to memorialize a conversation. Bring the conversation into the foreground, and then know that the document is there just to capture those highlights. Um, but we've gotten, you know, kind of confused the artifact, the form, with the art of development, and the art really is that conversation. And being open to the creativity and the possibilities that can be discovered through those conversations. That's really Absolutely. powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also making sure that we keep the, the ownership at the employee level. So, you know, as a, a manager, you don't have to have the answers. You don't have to have all of the, the plan elements for that employee. Over time, this conversation and this shifting of ownership through the conversation to the employee means that they're going to be coming up with the ideas and you'll be able to support rather than have to orchestrate and engineer and make it all happen. Exactly, that it's a joint problem-solving process as opposed to top-down driven. For sure, yep, yep. Great, great. Well, it sounds like there's terrific information in your book, Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go, Career Conversations Employees Want. If our listeners were looking to read your book, Julie, where would they look? It's available at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com, and uh, as, as well in brick-and-mortar bookstores, which I think there's still a couple of. Yeah, really, definitely. There's been a change in that marketplace for sure. So help yeah. them grow or watch them go. Get it for you. Get it for your management team so they can start having these powerful conversations, and so you can get more of the creativity that's locked up in your employees that you should be tapping into but aren't right now. So we're wrapping up here and coming to a close. If you had just one piece of career development advice for managers, what would it be, Julie? You know, I think it boils down to start talking. Pick a question, any question, and start the conversation going, remembering that less is really more. You can start small, start short two, three, four minutes can really start to move the, the needle in terms of career conversations. And if you're looking for a question to ask, there is a, a free app on both the Apple and Android store, Help Them Grow, 
that'll feed you a question a day over the next 100 days. So over three months, you could build that habit of asking some of these questions. Oh my gosh, so there's an app for that. I love it. There's an app for that. <laughs> yeah, that's great, that's great. So the app is at the Apple Store? The Apple and Android Store, it's for phones, and uh, okay. just help, help them grow. Excellent, help them grow, get the app, and uh, you'll be prompted on questions, and pretty soon you'll be doing it on your own and have developed a great habit, and your employees will love you and your business will flourish. What a way to go. Thank you, Julie. Those are some great tips, great resources, your book, the app. And if somebody wanted to reach you, is there a good way for them to contact you? Absolutely. It's a bit of a mouthful, but my uh, URL is www.juliewinklegiulioni.com. And Excellent. I have uh, additional resources and articles and uh, you can actually get the first two uh, chapters of the book free from the website. Well, there you go. And that website again is? The mouthful, www.juliewinklegiulioni.com. Great. Well, we have it on the show page as well. So that's another place that listeners can go to find that URL and get in touch with you if they have additional questions and to get a copies of those free chapters. That's super. You know, as an entrepreneur or small business owner, it can be such a challenge to build your team because we're focused outward on our customers, clients, patients, or guests if you're in the hospitality industry. And yet it's your team, your employees, that are going to help you grow your business and deliver those goods and services that assure customer satisfaction. So it's a real important piece of the puzzle. And that's why continuous education and training is an investment in your ultimate business success giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Brought to you by Business MO LLC. Thank you for joining me today on Business Confidential Now. You can get more information about today's guest and the resources we mentioned during today's show in the episode notes that are located on our website businessconfidentialradio.com. Sometimes we even include some bonuses and goodies, so be sure to check it out. That website again is businessconfidentialradio.com. And also don't forget to subscribe to the show. That is the easiest way to keep up with the show and our guests, those thought leaders, experts, and authors who are transforming businesses behind closed doors around the world. Let them help you too. Subscribe today for easy access to the business information you need to succeed. You know, the reason we call the show Business Confidential now is because you don't have time to wait. So just do it. Subscribe now and leave a review. We want to hear from you. We want you to be part of our growing Business Confidential Now family. Tell your friends and colleagues so they can subscribe too. Because the more subscribers we have, the more great guests we can bring you. And the more business intelligence you'll have available to ignite and fuel your continued business success. Have an idea or a topic, a guest that you'd like to hear on Business Confidential now? Contact me at the website, businessconfidentialradio.com. And connect with me on social media too. We'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week... Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel-Kelchner will be back with more of the business intelligence and inside scoop 
you need to succeed. Till then.